Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Two goals three points and now 23 league games unbeaten. Once again, Pompey get the job done to remain top of League One. It's a decent cross, loose in the area, Rafferty into the net! Bishop scores! He's only two yards out. Bishop steps up and scores! Sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Portsmouth are heading back to the top of the league as things stand. Colby Bishop on target twice on Saturday to help the Blues to victory over Port Vale at Fratton Park. But it wasn't a straightforward win for Portsmouth, as their double goal scorer from the weekend explains. First half was probably disappointing. I think we probably didn't get going. Sometimes you have games like that. And we just knew second half that we're going to have our moments. We've got to make the most of it. And luckily we had a window where we scored two and we managed to hold on. We'll hear from Colby Bishop tonight as well as for Gaffer. John Bassino has been talking about Saturday's game and how difficult the test was for his side. Massive to follow up on the, the win on Tuesday night and to come back here under difficult circumstances against a really good side. The lads, not necessarily weathered the storm, but they put a pretty poor first half display to bed at half-time and, and came out in the second half and put the game to bed pretty comfortably. And once more, that winning feeling was apparent not just for Pompey's men at the weekend, but for women too. Nicole Barrett was on the score sheet twice at Wesley Park, where the Blues thrashed Billericay Town by seven goals to nil. She's been speaking about how great it felt to return to the side and not only keep a clean sheet, but to bag a brace as well. Absolutely buzzing. Uh, couldn't ask more from the girls. Everybody played fantastic. We left everything on the pitch and that's what wins us games at the end of the day. So yeah, absolutely buzzing for myself and for the girls as a team. We'll take a listen to that post-match interview as well as the thoughts of a very happy Jay Sadler. The first half performance was top draw to be fair. Everything we worked on during the week, we executed. Plenty to digest across the next hour or so here on Express FM as we bring you full reaction to both Pompey wins from the weekend and take a look ahead to tomorrow night's visit of Gillingham in the EFL Trophy. So keep with us and stay tuned to this Monday night edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Well, a very good evening and welcome to the Footblower here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Head to stagecoachbus.com for more information. On the way tonight, we'll have analysis from a big weekend of football in Portsmouth and a preview of the Blues' next EFL Trophy encounter. And as always, we are more than keen to hear what you've got to say from back home as well. With no league fixture now until next Saturday, the 21st of October, would you like to see John Messino field a strong side against Gillingham tomorrow night? Or would you prefer to have as many first-teamers rested as possible? Is tomorrow's trophy tie a welcome or an unwanted distraction? And given that he only returned from injury at the weekend, could this game be an opportunity for Cassini Yenge to get back up to match fitness? On the text, 81400 is the number you need, starting your message with the word express. Alternatively, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm.com. 
them within your tweets or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that while we take a listen to the events of Saturday's action at Fratton Park, where Pompey had the opportunity to retain their position at the summit of League One and extend their unbeaten league run to 23 matches. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... You want to Pompey live. And we're underway in League One. Portsmouth against Port Vale. Sparks, one touch, now delivers into the Port Vale box. And the far post lays free. And he's headed it wide. And he puts head in his hands, nil-nil. And at half-time here at Fratton Park, it is Portsmouth nil, Port Vale nil. Sparks might cross from here. Instead, he tries to go around the outside of Chislett. Now he'll cross. It's a decent cross. Loose in the area. Rafferty into the net. Steps up and scores! Sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Portsmouth are heading back to the top of the league as things stand. Two in four minutes from Bishop. Portsmouth two, Port Vale nil. Rafferty putting the ball down, chips a corner to the far post. Chance to attack, Ragger! Oh, that's a brilliant clearance off the line. Magnificent effort there. Kamara goes out to the right-hand side to White. Back to Morell. Morell delivers to the far post. Ragger's there! It's well saved by Ripley. And the final whistle goes at Fratton Park. Portsmouth continue their unbeaten start of the season. They go back to the top of the league, having been briefly knocked off by Oxford United. Another victory for Portsmouth. It's finished here. Portsmouth 2, Port Vale 0. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, another victory for John Messino's Portsmouth for winning 2-0 at home to Port Vale at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. Right, there were 10 other matches in League One on Saturday afternoon. Oxford United in the early kickoff beat Bristol Rovers by two goals to one at the Cassam Stadium. And temporarily, um, they had maintained a position at the top of the League One table. That was, of course, until Pompey were victorious over Port Vale at Fratton Park a few hours later. Elsewhere, of course, Bolton Wanderers won, Carlisle United Three, Charlton 2, Blackpool 2, Cheltenham Town with their first goal of the season, holding Derby County to a one-all draw at Wadden Road. Exeter City defeated uh, by a goal to nil at home to Barnsley. Fleetwood Town 1, Wickham 4, Leighton Orient 2, Reading 1. Peterborough United 2, Lincoln City 0. Shrewsbury Town 1-0 winners over Northampton Town. And that was the same scoreline between Stevenage and Wigan Athletic Stevenage. The victors in that one at the Lamech Stadium at the weekend. So, of course, Pompey remained top of Skybet League 1. 28 points on the board after 12 matches played. 8 wins, 4 draws. And zero defeats, extending that unbeaten League One record way back from last season, from March to now, to 23 
games. They are one point ahead of Oxford United in second. They do have a game in hand and both Pompey and Oxford have won each of their last five in League One. So in red hot form are both Pompey and Oxford United. In the playoff places, we have Barnsley, Stevenage, Peterborough United and Bolton Wanderers. Wickham Wanderers are in seventh position just ahead of Derby County in Eighth. Um, just to note as well, Pompey, as we mentioned there, 28 points on the board at the top of the table. They are one point ahead of Oxford with that game in hand, do the U's have. But Barnsley in third are six points behind Pompey and there are no games in hand. Bolton are in sixth. They have one game in hand on both Pompey and Barnsley alike. They have 20 points. So hypothetically, Bolton win their game in hand. They're on 23 points and Pompey are still five points clear of the playoff places. So sitting very pretty at the top of League One. And at the moment, nine points clear ahead of Wickham Wanderers in seventh. Down at the bottom, getting very, very interesting. Cheltenham Town, with their second point of the campaign, remain rooted to the foot of the table with two points on the board, still without a win. Wigan Athletic, with their points deduction alongside Reading, both occupying the drop zone as things stand alongside Fleetwood Town in 21st position. Pompey's opponents for next Saturday in the next league encounter at Fratton Park. Carlisle United are sat in 19th position. They picked up only their second win of the new league season on Saturday, as we mentioned just a few moments ago, claiming a scalp away at Bolton Wanderers. So, plenty to get through between now and 7 o'clock. I'm delighted to say that joining me on the show to get through all of that and much, much more uh, is our very own Kev Stokes from Mad 80 Show. Kev, good evening. Good evening, Jake. How are you, all right? Yes, I'm not too bad, thank you very much, Kev. I appreciate it, as always. We seem to only get you on a Monday, don't we, when you've got your double shift with the uh, Variety show yeah. on the Monday night. And actually, last time you had a triple shift. So you, have you been so busy today, or are you just on the two shows tonight? No, just the two shows just the two. tonight. That's, yeah. that's yeah. enough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me on. No, no, always a pleasure, Kev. Um, obviously, we're going to start off with Saturday's 2-0 win over Port yep. Vale at Fratton Park. Colby Bishop on the score sheet twice. He's now on eight league goals for the new league campaign. And without a doubt, uh, Colby Bishop, after, I'd say, a slow start, the first what two or three league games, Colby Bishop didn't score and Cassini Yenge was, was fit and firing and, and maybe challenging for his position. But Colby Bishop, without a doubt, he's back on the score sheet and back um, bagging goals for fun, it seems. He is. Yeah, yeah. He does what he does best, doesn't he? I mean, um, I'm sure Rafferty was shooting for that first one and yeah. um he managed to get in the way of it like all good center forwards should and um deflected it in he'll claim that he he practiced that in training but um <laughs> and he takes a great penalty he mm. takes a great penalty although i did call it i said bottom right for the keeper but the keeper didn't do his homework so uh, no he's, he's playing well he's playing well indeed he is and alongside myself and kev this evening uh, tom malley joins us on the foot blower tom thank you very much for calling in tonight Pleasure as always, mate. How are you doing? Yes, fantastic. Thank you, Tom. Uh, well, how can you not be? Pompey are top of the league and still unbeaten. Um, we, we're just talking about Colby Bishop there, Tom, um, with his eighth or seventh and eighth league goals of the campaign on Saturday afternoon. And, and as Kev has quite rightfully alluded to, one was a penalty uh, and one was, um, I don't know if you can call it a shot because it did just sort of ricochet off him. But credit where credit's due, Tom, that's where... All good strikers have to be in the right place at the right time. And that is exactly what Colby Bishop is. Yeah, exactly that. Um, as you say, Rafferty's shot slash cross, not quite sure what it was, but <laughs> doesn't matter because Bishop was there right place, right time, as you say. And that's the important thing. Um, he knows where to be and um, just just really doing his job, isn't it? He's just in, in there where he should be. Um, but, you know, he's he's hitting form at the, at the right time now. And um, I think he's going to push on really well and keep this run going. Hmm. 
Seen a couple of suggestions on social media, Kev. I'm not saying whether I agree or not, but with Colby Bishop and his form, not just this season, but last season as well, and previously with um, Accrington Stanley too, potentially could be gaining interest in maybe the January transfer window or next summer, if you're looking that far ahead, um, from, from teams of higher divisions in the Championship. Someone even mentioned the Premier League. Someone like a Luton Town could come in for him. Um, whilst that is some, some way away, and we don't want to think about Colby Bishop leaving Portsmouth, but it does further emphasise, doesn't it, Kev, the need for Pompey to get promoted this season in in order to keep those sort of assets at the club. Absolutely, yeah. And I think we had this conversation pre-season, actually, or the end of last season, that, you know, we were hoping that Messino would build a team around him um, and stop Ipswich signing another um, centre-forward. And um, I think I think they're looking to do that. And, um, you know, he's certainly playing like a, a player who wants to play for Pompey and uh, full of confidence. If they've, hopefully, I don't know, what the contract situation is. They've got him on a, a few years now. Um, you always like to, like to put me on my, sh- on my spot, don't you, Kevin? I do, don't I? Sorry. No, but I'd like to think he'll stay, you know, and uh, do his job for us this season and get us up. Yeah. And uh, it'd be nice if he plays in the Championship with us, wouldn't it? It would be nice for for us specifically. Um, just, just looking at the log we've got here, Kev, Colby Bishop signed for, for Pompey on a three-year deal um, in July 2022. So, yeah, that would take him to the summer of 2025. So even looking ahead to the start of next season, yeah. if anyone's interested. So someone will have to pay a very good price if they yeah. want to get him in January. But, exactly. Uh, let's hope he's, his head's not turned and uh, no. he, he concentrates on the pitch here. Colby, if you're listening, we're not trying to put thoughts in your head. You're not going anywhere. You're staying. You're a blue. <laughs> right, let's uh, hear now from Saturday's double goal scorer. Colby Bishop spoke after the game with Max Swatton from the club's media team. Well, Colby, it feels like we keep on talking to you after matches, but you just keep on scoring. How did you find out there today? No, yeah, I think first half was probably disappointing. I think um, we probably didn't get going. Sometimes you have games like that, um, and we just knew second half that we're going to have our moments, we're going to have our time, we've got to take the, make the most of it. And luckily we had a window where we scored two and we managed to hold on. Yeah, as you alluded to there, it was a game of two halves. What yeah. did the manager say at the, half, at the half-time break? No, I think he had the same feelings. I was very disappointed. I don't think we got going. But listen, they're, they're a good team. I, th- I thought it was a very good first half. And sometimes you've got to find a way to beat teams, and we found a way today. What does it say about the squad that you're able to find a way to win games like today? I mean, once again, like you've got big shout-out to Rags, you know, Ben Stevenson, people like that coming in, Chris. Like It's just we, we missed some big players going out this weekend, and... You know, people are filling in like there's no change there. So it's brilliant. It's the, the squad we've got and that's what we need going forward. Yeah, three changes to the starting eleven, two of those in force. Does that have an effect on you as players going into the game or is it, is it business as usual? No, like I said, like this squad this year, seriously, like the the team when we play in shape, like that plays against us, like it's, it's such a good team and like if we've got such a good squad this year and we've, we've got to be able to use it and today we did. Just talk us through what you remember of your goals. Uh, the first one. Raf's on his birthday, shanked it, didn't he? I knew he was going to shank it. <laughs> I just had a feeling that he was going to hit it across. And obviously it's a tap-in. And then the second one, yeah, just penalty. Just, yeah. Has he tried giving you a bit of stick yet for seeing this goal? Raf's? Yeah. yeah. He tried to say it was going in, but I don't know if he was watching the same game. Um, no, but it's just, yeah, it was, um, it was just one of them where I anticipated it. And luckily it came to me. What's the mood in the dressing room like after that one? I mean, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's good. It's like, you're top of the league, you're winning. You just want to keep going and keep going and just keep ticking them off. Overall, sort of, what's the team morale like at the moment in in the dressing room and then around the training ground as well? Yeah, there's a buzz. Like, it's, I mean, you come in and you see it. Like, there's such a good chemistry this year between the lads. We spend a lot of time together, and yeah, there's some good personalities. That's nine points from the last possible nine this yeah. week. Three wins from three in the last seven days. How do you assess the week? It's a great week, isn't it? That's what, that's what needs to be said. It's a great week. Um, yeah, if we can have 
quite a few more weeks like that, I think we'll do all right. And overall, that's eight League One goals for you now so far this season. How do you assess the campaign at this stage? No, yeah, I just took eight in, I think, how many games it? I don't know how many games it is, but I just took eight at this point. But yeah, I just want to keep scoring goals. Colby Bishop speaking to Max after the game on Saturday afternoon. A very good evening to Linda, who's got in touch via the emails, who says, after a lacklustre first half, Pompey took the second half and achieved the win. If we can win when we have not played so well, then we might actually achieve our goal this year. Also, we've taken advantage of away wins by backing them up with home ones, which hasn't always happened in the past. The depth of the squad was there to see on Saturday, with players coming in and doing the job. The quality of the players who came in in the summer and doing the transfer business early may have helped to our very good start to this season. Also, John Massinho has got the players he wanted and a team behind him with the way that he wants to play. Perhaps the league break will help the players rest after a few busy weeks. Play out Pompey, thank you very much to Linda for getting in touch on the emails there. Uh, let's bring Kev and Tom back into the conversation momentarily then. Kev, uh, Linda very rightfully puts within her email there regards to Pompey backing up big victories away from home with wins on home soil as well. And you've got to refer to the likes of the wins at Barnsley away a couple of weeks ago, Wigan away at the end of September as well. To then come back to Fratton Park with the, the pressure and the expectation from the crowd, you're top of the league, you're still unbeaten, and you've got two, quite honestly, very winnable games against Wickham and Port Vale coming up. Those, Kev, are matches perhaps previous Pompey teams would have caved and, and not claimed victories from. So it's good to see that we're, we're winning the games we should be winning as opposed to just the ones where we're scalping wins against. Not that we scout wins yes. against Barnsley, but you know what yeah. I mean. I, I, I know what you mean. Yes, no, you're right. And um, There would have been times where there were times, weren't there, last year, where it fizzled out into a 1-1 draw plenty of times. And um, But this year, there seems to be, well, more of a cutting edge to the uh, to the whole squad, actually. You know, and Sean, um, what's his name? Sean Nassie's last-minute winner. Shocknessy. When... Um, what do you call him? Shocknessy. Yeah, we... that was our yeah. argument with somebody on Saturday morning. It's kind of shocknessy. <laughs> But what a header that was. Yeah. But on another day, I mean, a referee would have um, blown up for that, wouldn't he? Mm. You know, the goalkeepers' union and all that softies. But, um, you know, he absolutely clattered him and put the ball in the net and um, who was moaning. Yeah. And Tom no, again. They're the sort of games that we're winning now. Yeah. And we weren't. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Tom, again, back to, to Linda's email and something we're going to highlight um, after the break is that even with uh, sort of adversity and, and, and things going against them on Saturday with John Massinho having to um, not call upon the likes of Regan Paul, Alex Robertson due to suspension, still Conor Ogilvie, Marlon Pacquiao injured, Cassini Yengi maybe not quite fit enough to start the game. Even with all of these factors against him, Tom, John Massinho still managed to mould a team that is, that is winning games and, and, and Linda's mentioned there that the depth and in this in this squad is is not only uh, you know good based upon volume but also the quality within it too. Exactly, and that links back to the summer recruitment. It's so crucial to have this squad depth, and you know with all the injury suspensions and whatnot, having these players that can still come in and do a job is is huge. And um, to prove that we can already do that is, is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Hold tight, Kev. Hold tight, Tom. We'll be back with you guys in just a few moments' time, as well as you, you people listening back home as well. Plenty of text, tweets and emails coming into the show. So thank you very much to those who have done so already. We're going to get to them in just a few moments' time. And when we do return from the break, we're going to be assessing a fantastic victory, another 
brilliant, phenomenal result for the Pompey women on Sunday afternoon. 7-0 winners at home to Billericay Town in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division uh, tie at Wesley Park. And after the break, we're going to hear from the likes of Nicole Barrett, who scored a brace on Sunday, and head coach Jay Sadler, who talked about the importance of supporters keep filing down to Wesley Park to support his team and the phenomenal achievement to have over 700 through the gate this weekend. A club have been working hard, myself included, to try and get more people. But what helps is these group of players um, and the staff, not only their performances on the pitch, but the interaction off the pitch. It's great to see interactions, got people still talking now, signing autographs. We're trying to inspire a next generation and the women's game is evolving. It's moving quickly on and off the pitch and, and we want to be a big part of that. A dive into yesterday's victory for the Pompey women, as well as more reaction to Saturday's league win for the men when the Football Hour returns after a short break. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, good evening and welcome back to 93.7 Express FM, where this evening you join us for the latest episode of the Football Hour, brought to you by Stagecoach South, whose app you can now download on iOS and Android and use to prepay for your journeys, locate your nearest stops and view the latest updates in regards to local traffic information and subsequent service disruption as well. Okay, well, for just a moment now, I'd like to, if I may, turn your attention very briefly to what's happening in Portsmouth this coming weekend. As you may be aware, this weekend sees the return of the annual Great South Run in South Sea. And as announced on air towards the end of August, I have agreed and certainly regretting now with my physical state at the moment to, to run and help raise funds for Pompey in the community. PITC, as again, I'm sure plenty of you Blues fans tuning in are already aware, do some fantastic things. Um, for um, the community. They run incredible schemes and courses for the local community as well. Not all of it is football-related either. Holiday camps, classes and cooking courses are just a few of many, many great examples of how Pompey and the community help out around Portsmouth. And you can find out even more over at pompeyitc.co.uk. As I'm running this on behalf of the team here at Express, I'm trying to raise funds for Pompey and the community and would appreciate so very much any sponsorship towards the run. To donate, head on over to my Twitter page, at Jake Pompey Smith. The link and all of the relevant information can be found attached to the pinned tweet at the top of my profile. That's at Jake Pompey Smith on Twitter. Any contribution, big or small, would be so very much appreciated, not just by myself, but for fantastic people over at PITC who very much deserve as much as they can get to continue their support, their excellent support, their award-winning support in our community. And a big, big thank you to those who have already donated. Right, very much looking forward to that one on Sunday afternoon. And uh, speaking of Sunday afternoons, it was a fantastic one yet again for the Pompey women yesterday. They were 7-0 victors over Billericay Town 
at Wesley Park. Thanks to goals from Beth Lumsden, Ali Hall, Sophie Quirk, Nicole Barrett and Ava Rowbottom as well. That 7-0 victory uh, puts Pompey third in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table. They have 15 points after six matches, five wins, Zero draws and one defeat. That was, of course, to the hashtag United Women, who were in second place uh, just above Portsmouth. And Pompey have a game in hand on the two sides above them, who both have 18 points on the board. Portsmouth have a plus 32 goal difference, whereas Rugby Borough and hashtag United have 10 and 9, respectively. So Jay Sadler's side have that game in hand and a <laughs> marginally, quite marginally better goal difference than the two sides above them um, but look, it's, it's not the league table we'd be looking at specifically as things stand but it's fantastic to see uh, the men of course on top of League One at the moment and the Pompey women with the game in hand potentially uh, soon to be top of the uh, Women's National League Southern Prem as well, fantastic start to the campaign uh, for both of those respective sides. I was at the game yesterday at Wesley Park. Uh, really, really great performance. Great to see over 700 Blues supporters there in attendance to cheer the girls over the line. A dominating performance, as you can probably imagine, from the scoreline. And after the match, Max Watson spoke to uh, Nicole Barrett, defender, returning to the side, who not only got a clean sheet to her name, but a brace as well. Well, Nick, there's nowhere else to start. Just... Talk us through that three kick. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's some very good um, players in our team that are very good at putting the ball into the box and delivering. As soon as that ball got that ball got put down and four players turned to me, I knew I was taking the shot. Um, put it down, lined it up, and it, it left my foot, and I knew it was going in. You will have taken three kicks from that distance before. What made you want to shoot this time round? Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I think everyone turned to me and the, the backing of my team. We, we were practising some training a couple of weeks ago and the backing of my team to turn around to me and say, Nick, go on, hit it. And it just, yeah, I put it down and I don't know, it just, I put it down and I hit it. <laughs> I'm glad I did. And you made it a brace in the second half as well. Just talk us through that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't normally score goals, but two in one game, it was quite happy. Um, stepped in and won the ball, played it, played it to M, who combined really well with Sophie, and she managed to get it into the box, basically put it on a plate for me. It was a tap-in, it was easy, so, yeah. It's two goals and a clean sheet for you. How pleased are you to re return to the side in that manner? Absolutely buzzing. Uh, couldn't ask more from the girls. Everybody played fantastic. We left everything on the pitch, and that's what, that's what wins us games at the end of the day. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing for myself and for the girls as a team. As I said, you come back into the side. What did Jay ask for from you? He just asked me to do what I can do, um, and I hope, I hope I did that today. What did you make of the performance as a whole? Um, as a whole, do you know what? Just absolutely buzzing. Um, there were times still where I feel like we could have demanded more from, from ourselves, um, and there are st still things that we can work on, which is brilliant. No one's ever going to be perfect. There's things for us to pick on and work on, um, and, yeah, so we, we will do that because we, we want to get better and we want to be the best. What's it like approaching a second half going into the break already five goals in front? Do you know what? It's, it's great and it's terrifying at the same time because we knew that the other team were going to come out and, and have a point to prove and have something to give. And to be able to not only come out and have that clean sheet mentality but to continue to score goals is just, it's just us all over. And with the, the strength that we've got in our attacking players, we knew that they weren't going to hold back. What's the mood like in the dressing room after that one? Oh, absolutely buzzing. Everyone's buzzing. Yeah, it's brilliant.
and how much better does it make it when, when you're on your way back to the dressing room and you're getting absolutely swarmed for autographs as well. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you know what? Um, I never had anything like that when I was little. Um, so to be inspirational for those young girls to walk out onto the pitch with us and then get tons of autographs after, I think I've signed about 50 autographs today, um, it's, it's amazing to know that they're looking up to us and, we've, and we're giving them reasons to um, every week. And for them, one day they might be wearing the Pompey shirt. So, you know, it's, it's brilliant to be able to do that for them. And on the crowd as a whole, 735 supporters here. How good is it to hear that? Unbelievable. You know, every week we play week in, week out, and having the crowd behind us, it, it drives us on. It honestly does. And, you know, we, we play for them. We play for them. And to, hit, to hear that, um, that number come out, I don't know if you saw me, I was, I was shocked on the pitch. I was like, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. We just wanted to keep going up and up. Yep, Nicole Barrett on the score sheet twice on Sunday afternoon to help the Pompey women to a 7-0 win over Billericay at Wesley Park. And if you haven't seen um, the, the first of those two goals from Sunday from Nicole Barrett, I do urge you head over uh, to social media at Pompey Women uh, over on Twitter. They've posted the, the, the goal itself. Um, a free kick from some, what, 30, 35 yards out, um, planted... Uh, straight into the top right corner fantastic effort um, worthy potentially of a Puskas award as well uh, just just incredible 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 strike from Nicole Barrett on Sunday afternoon and it's not just her we're hearing from this evening but head coach Jay Sadler as well also caught up with Max Watton after the final whistle who first asked what he made of not only the result but the performance as well the first half performance was top draw to be fair everything we worked on during the week we executed um, I think the amount of times we got overlapping runs in the wide areas created 2v1s against the back three and um, got good detailed crosses in the box and we had time and arrival and started with the first goal obviously uh, I think Beth's taken that really well by the way it was a bit of a cagey start um, we, we obviously want to make it difficult when teams arrive here. Um, obviously, um, something obviously affected the, the game starting a bit later, so that was always going to affect the rhythm. But I think the girls' mentality was superb. And as soon as we got the first, we then got a foothold in the game and we were able to create some really good moments in that first half. And I thought we were ruthless. Um, I thought we created five or six really good chances and, and we scored them. All variety of goals. Um, second half, we, we obviously had to challenge the group. We wanted to, to keep our mentality and keep our focus and our intensity. And probably the last 15 minutes I wasn't too happy with. I think we could have been a little bit more purposeful with the ball and looked after it better. But overall, we've, we've got to be pleased with the win and, and the clean sheet. Talk to me about Nick's goal. Did you know she had that in the locker? As soon as she stood over it, you could see where she was aiming, where she was eyeing it up. Um, well, obviously, I quirky on the short one, something we worked on and trying to upgrade our chance. But um, Nick's come into the team. She's bad her time the last few weeks. It's been difficult for her. Um, she's a, a terrific attacking player, and today we needed her energy going forward um, with Ava obviously sitting and holding and, and Beth playing in, in between the lines, and it, it worked to a treat. So not only was her goal superb, but I thought her performance and, and the whole of the backline's performance was, was superb today, um, keeping clean sheets and, and scoring goals is always going to be an ingredient to success and, and winning games and, and that's what we've done again today. Some great positives there but what's your most pleasing element? More pleasing was the fact we, when we were on top we punished. Um, we had uh, moments in that first half, Quirky getting herself a goal and, and, and everyone chipping in in that first half. Sometimes when you're on top in a game against a good team, and Billy Ricky a good team, they created problems with their box in the midfield and as soon as we got used to, to drawing players in and equalising the number centrally, we were then able to, to exploit and, and hurt the back line. But sometimes in games when, when, when you're ahead, you, you, need to, you need to be ahead on the scoreline more and I think that's what was really pleasing. And then also just the mentality, not 
not only of the, the starting 11, but also the finishing 11. We're the finishing 11 today with, with Emily Pittman coming on and, and Georgie and Ella Humphrey bringing new energy um, into a back line that had obviously had five, six, seven put past them. Um, we were still able to maintain that energy. Like I said, the only thing we probably need to work on is just our ball retention in the last probably 15, 20 minutes. Just look after it better. We gave them a few moments. We gave away some silly free kicks and fouls in and around the box. And um, we obviously want clean sheets. That's what we thrive off. That's what this group thrives off from top to bottom. And we got another one today, so we've got to be pleased with it. How did you react when you heard there were 735 fans here today? Beaming smile. Um, it's been something that the club have been working hard on, and myself included, to try and get more people. Um, but what helps is these group of players um, and the staff, not only their performances on the pitch, but the interaction off the pitch. It's great to see interactions, got people still talking now, um, signing autographs. Um, we're trying to inspire a next generation and the women's game is evolving. It's moving quickly on and off the pitch and, and we want to be a big part of that. We want to be a pioneer of that. Um, so it's, it's great to see and hopefully we can continually get more and more fans come down and, and expose themselves to some great football. Mm. Great football indeed. Jay Sadler there speaking to Max Swatton after the game on Sunday afternoon. Pompey, as I mentioned earlier, third in the table as things stand. A game in hand on the teams above them and a significantly better goal difference as well. Next up, the Pompey women travel to Plymouth Argyle. At the Mill is the venue for next Sunday's FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division challenge uh, where at Plymouth Argyle that is Sunday the 15th of October 2 o'clock kickoff there and that is the first of three consecutive away days coming up for the Pompey Women Rugby Borough the following week on the 22nd also in the league and then it's FA Women's National League Cup um, action away at MK Don Stadium MK uh, is the venue for Sunday the 29th of October in the Cup and then it's a return to Wesley Park home soil as uh, it's also MK Don's but uh, it's a home fix and this one is a league tie as well. So that is what's coming up for the Pompey women. Right, back to the men's side of things then. Uh, so we just heard there from Jay Saddle and Nicole Barrett after the girls' 7-0 win over Billericay on Sunday. But back to Saturday's action at Fratton Park. Tom and Kev alongside us, us this evening. Tom, Pompey 2-0 victors. We spoke before the break about the likes of Colby Bishop. Um, John Massino having to really adapt to the challenges of injuries and suspension. We now look ahead to, to, to tomorrow's game against Gillingham. Whilst we saw Cassini Yengi return off the bench on Saturday against Port Vale for a couple of moments, is he a player you think with a trophy tie coming up could do with a few more minutes in the tank or, or would you rather not risk him for this one? If he's fit enough to be on the bench um, and come on on Saturday, I, I don't see why we can't start him. But that's that's you know down to John at the end of the day. Um, I would be uh, more than happy to see him start, give Bishop a rest, um, because you know we haven't got a game for you know two weeks now, whatever it is. And um, if Cassini can't even start the next one, then he's gonna he's gonna still be waiting quite a while to get that match fitness built up. So I think it would be great to see him start, but obviously it depends whether he's um, he's fit enough to at least play sixty minutes. Mm. Absolutely. And um, back to um, Saturday afternoon as well, Kev. Um, some some players featuring in that game, of course, Colby Bishop lining up um, up front for the Blues. In behind him, we had Paddy Lane, Christian Sadie, um, Abu Kamara 
as well. And I'd just like to touch upon Paddy Lay because he's had a phenomenal start to the campaign, Kevin. A, a player who maybe came into the side along alongside the likes of Anthony Scully, Gavin White, who you probably would have tipped at the time to be starting week in, week out for Pompey. I know Anthony Scully's out now with an injury, but it just goes to show the phenomenal effort that, that Paddy Lane's put in, not just on the pitch on a match day situation, but obviously behind the scenes as well in training to really impress John Massino. And he's certainly impressing the Pompey fans as well. He is, yeah, good little footballer. Yeah, he played a few games at the end of the last season, didn't he? And um, he, he looked good, but um, I think he's found a role now. And um, both him and Sparks putting those balls in for for Bishop, you know, that's what I said earlier about building the team around Bishop. I mean, he's getting loads of crosses in there and um, the chances he's going to get this season all down to, you know, the fact that we've got some, some wing play, mm. you know, and people who can cross the ball. Yeah. Um, no, I like Paddy Lane. Really do. Still can't say his name without seeing it. But um Oh go on. I do huh? Go on, you tease yeah. us now. <laughs> Paddy Lane is in my that one. Um <laughs> But yeah, good little player. Good Very little good little player. Um just speaking about the, the players that came in to replace those suspended on Saturday, Tom, uh, Regan Paul, Alex Robertson both out of the side. Um Sean Raggett and Ben Stevenson coming in to replace. Um let's start off with Sean Raggett and his performance. What did you make of overall his ninety minute display against Port Vale? Solid. I mean at the end of the day we kept a clean sheet. I think Raggett's like our Harry Maguire in my opinion. I think as soon as he makes a, a mistake, people are on his back. Um, but I think when you've got someone like Shotnessy alongside him, um, another solid centre-back, um, the two of them can can form quite a solid partnership. And if he's got the confidence of the defenders around him, he, he'll be fine. Um, he's not going to be a guaranteed starter, obviously. When Paul comes back in, he'll be he'll be straight on the bench, you'd imagine. But um, to, to perform as well as he did in the games that he can get is is, is massive. Yeah, and just uh, sort of finally to summarise uh, or to sum up uh, part two of tonight's ed- uh, edition of the show, Kev, uh, we just spoke about Sean Raggett there coming in to replace Regan Paul on Saturday, uh, but coming in to replace uh, Alex Robertson, Ben Stevenson, who um, had lined up alongside Joe Morrell, the captain for this weekend's game just gone. Ben Stevenson again in midfield. What, what did you make of his display and, and how he came in to replace essentially Marlon Pack um, because Alex Robertson plays usually for a bit further forward? but nonetheless his performance did it impress um it did second off can i just say about sean raggett i think yeah i think he's great a proper professional footballer i think and he'll mm-hmm. he'll train as hard as anyone out there and you know he's he's sean raggett but uh he's the longest serving player there probably in the squad yep and um he'll do his damnedest on the football pitch but anyway um stevenson yes i saw him against the um who was it fulham didn't he play in that game yeah um Tracy. and i thought he he played very well there, and he came into the game. Uh, it took him a while to get into the game, and um, I think the first half was, you know, a testament to that. We were pretty slow in our build-up. The new players coming in probably broke up our pattern of play a bit, but mm. um, second half, that was a good performance. Yeah, I thought he did all right. Kev, thank you very much. Tom, likewise to yourself as well. Uh, after the break, we're going to hear more from both Kev and Tom, as well as Blues head coach John Massino. He's been emphasising the importance of Colby Bishop, even away from the goals, but he scores. If you take the goals away, I think he's absolutely immense up front. He presses with incredible intensity. You know, things that people don't necessarily see is his output in terms of um, the data is is incredible with his with his running stats. So I thought he was brilliant. So be sure to stick with us as we move the conversation along to tomorrow's EFL Trophy fixture at Fratton Park. A game the three of us will be looking ahead to when the football hour reaches its conclusion after this. This is the football hour.
on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on the best and, to be fair, currently only radio station from our great waterfront city, Express FM, supported this season by Stagecoach Across for South. We've reached a part of a show where, if there is one, we preview Pompey's midweek match, and I'm pleased to report there is a midweek game this time around, albeit not a league affair. League 2 outfit Gillingham away to PO4 for a floodlit fixture in the EFL Trophy, and before we love you and leave you around seven, we're interested to hear who you'd like to see feature for the Blues, as well as your score predictions too. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Include us on Twitter at expressfm over there or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We'll get to some of those shortly, but first, John Musinio. He's been speaking about how big a victory Saturday's was. Yeah, massive to follow up on the, the win on Tuesday night and to come back here under difficult circumstances against a really good side, I thought. Um, you know, the, the lads, not necessarily weathered a storm, but they, they put a, a pretty poor first half display to bed at half-time and, and came out in the second half and, and were brilliant, I thought, for, for the second half and, um, yeah, put the game to, to bed pretty comfortably. So, really, really pleased with, obviously, the, the outcome of this week in terms of, in terms of points and I knew today would be a very, very tricky game. I think they're a good side and I'm um, really pleased to, to win the game. Yeah, it definitely was a, a game of two halves. What did you say at the break? We just needed a bit more urgency and, and, uh, and aggression. We made a couple of very, very minor tweaks, but nothing that we hadn't spoken about before the game. Again, Port Vale played the system we expected with slightly different personnel. It caused us a few problems in the first half. And yeah, that was always going to be something that when, when teams do sort of come here, they're going to make it really difficult for us. So it was just more about being being urgent, moving the ball quicker, being a bit more aggressive. And then the way we scored the goals, it was it was exactly that. We moved the ball wide, we got the ball in the box, we had bodies in the box. And you know we made sure, obviously, Colby being at the right place at the right time, just put them under a lot more pressure than we had in the first half. Colby on the score sheet twice within the space of five minutes. What did you make of his contribution today? If you take the goals away, I think he's absolutely immense up front. He, he presses with incredible intensity. Uh, you know, th- things that um, obviously uh, people don't necessarily see is um, his output in terms of the um, the data is is incredible with his with his running stats. So I thought he was he was brilliant out of possession. You see what the battles he gets into in possession with with centre halves. So I thought actually the game was refereed brilliantly today because a lot of the time you don't see those given because it's Colby, um, and he thought he got a lot of, a lot more protection than he usually gets. Some of the, the grappling that went on, and um, you know he, the way I describe it, he sort of gets mauled every week. But to be able to do that, to lead the line, to link play as well as he does, and then to obviously come up with the goals, uh, I, I obviously think he's a he's a brilliant centre forward. Three changes to the team, two of those enforced. What did you make of the performances of, of Sean and uh, Ben who came in as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a really, really, I think, difficult time for, for both of them. Uh, Sean has been an outstanding servant to the football club and he played the majority of the games last year when I came in. He's found himself very, very unlucky to be out the side. Same with Ben, I think, having had a very, very good pre-season and um, a couple of good cup games. 
Uh, I thought their performances were, were both outstanding. Um, I thought it took the entire team a while to get going in the first half, but second half I thought you know Sean was very unlucky not to score a couple of goals. I, I can't remember him putting the foot wrong defensively, headed um, quite a few balls away. Um, and then Ben, I thought, grew into the game really, really well. Towards the back end of the game, he was competing brilliantly in the middle of the park. He won three headers in a row. And then when the ball did drop to him, he got, got his um, foot on it. He was very, very calm and, and composed. So, yeah, really pleased for both of them. It's, it's not a tough, it's not an easy place. Uh, to be when you're out of the squad, especially when the, the side are winning, out of the squad, out of the side, and, and for them to both come in and do as well as they did was, was excellent. In terms of substitutions, what did you ask for from Gavin and Terry? As they looked a real handful when they came on. Just energy, really, and, and to, to you know, complement what we do for the first, say, 60, 70 minutes. And, and yeah, Gavin looked really, really sharp again coming on, which was great. We asked him also to play three different positions, which I'm sure he's, um, you know, he's happy to play, but um, sometimes that's a really tough ask. Uh, looked looked great. Um, obviously, Gav then moved over to the left with Terry on the right. Um, just provides us with a bit of energy. The, the output we asked for from the the front for it, the, the front three is, is it's sort of different to the rest of the side. It's much more high speed running. And I thought you know Paddy, uh, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. Abu's been brilliant. They tired a bit towards the end of the game. Christian obviously tired in the last 10 minutes, and it was good to get players with a lot of quality coming on to sort of supplement performance and um, and see it out. And how nice is it to see Cass back on the pitch as well? Yeah, great. Obviously, he's, he's one of the, the fans' favourites here. And um, yeah, I sort of joked with um, Andy over there. He's on a big barren run now. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's really good. It's, it was nice that we could rely on him to come on when we were actually winning the game as well. Um, not just when we're, we need a goal, like we saw here earlier in the season against Bristol Rovers. And I'm really, really pleasing. He's worked very, very hard to come back from his injury in, in such good shape. And um, yeah, we know he's a really popular figure here. And just a word on the fans today, they really got behind the lads and, and stayed behind them throughout the 90. Same again, I think we've, I think hopefully we've, we've built a bit of credit in the bank and that first half performance was, was poor, they probably have every right to get on our back um, at any time during the first half and at half time and they didn't and um, you know, I think that's a reflection of the way that the lads have worked over the past eight, nine, ten weeks and, and shown that you know, if, we, if we're not necessarily playing particularly well, it's not for lack of trying, it's not for lack of effort um, and, it, and also it's not for lack of quality. Sometimes sides come and make it very, very difficult for us and um, you know, they're, they're hugely important, they're a massively important part of the way that we want to play and the atmosphere that we want to generate here and you know, an, an amazing return. It's always very, very nice and satisfying for me to and be able to come away with, with three points and, and everybody can go home happy having spent their hard-earned money. And that's nine points from a possible nine in the last seven days. How do you reflect on the last week overall? Yeah, I mean, if you'd have uh, if you'd have offered me that before, I obviously would have taken it. What a strange thing that is to say for me. But yeah, you know, um, that's just a really tough three games. Wigan away, Wickham at home. We saw how good they were. I, I genuinely think these are a good side, and and they've had some really um, you know good results in between. Uh, probably the opening day and, and what they've seen recently where you know, we watched them against Bristol Rovers on Tuesday night they were the much, much the better side uh, I thought they were probably the better side first half as well so to come away with, with nine points from this week with a couple of the um, bits of adversity not just what we see on the pitch but also Robbo, Regan being suspended Marlon coming away with, with the injury um, you know, all of these things I think have, have played a part but that's, that's why we need the squad that's why we need everybody to come in and, um, and do what they need to do and, and everyone did that brilliantly today John Mussino speaking after Saturday's win um, over Port Vale at Fratton Park. Let's head quickly to the socials now. Dave on the email. Firstly, I have to say that Port Vale both surprised and impressed me on Saturday. I anticipated a tough game, especially with 30% of our first choice outfield missing. But I thought the visitors looked much better side in the first half and played some good stuff. We got away with it a bit and then improved considerably in the second half when it could have finished 3 or even 4-0. I would have loved to have seen Sean Raggett's first header hit the back of the net. Yeah, you and me both there, Dave. 
very good three points and on that performance I can see Port Vale picking up points elsewhere on their travels this season. For us it was another test that the squad passed. Terry Devlin is looking like a very very good signing. Saturday November 18th is starting to look like a big game already. That is of course Oxford United away. Thank you very much Dave for getting in touch on the emails there. Steve on Facebook reckons Cassini Yenge should get a run out against Gillingham in the EFL trophy tomorrow. Um, Tom let's just bring you back into the conversation we're going to hear a bit more about Gillingham in just a moment's time um, but 23 league games unbeaten now for Pompey stretching back since March. We mentioned it earlier in the show. Week in week out we talk about this incredible unbeaten run but 23 league games that equates to half a season's work. Just talk to us about how phenomenal an achievement that is. Yeah, it's massive. I think this time a month ago, the majority of people would have said, well, most of that unbeaten run was draws. But then we've turned around four or five wins um, quite quickly and it looks a lot better than it already was. Um, testament definitely to John Massino. He's he's such an experienced, I'm sorry, inexperienced manager. But um, whatever he's doing is, is working perfectly and... Um, there can be no quarrels over that. The team deserves so much credit along with him himself. Um, again, recruitment, bringing in the right players, having the squad depth is massive. And um, I think because we've navigated now such a horrendous run of fixtures in September, yeah. um, there's no reason why this team just can, can't keep going from strength to strength and producing something special. I hate to say it. <laughs> producing something special this season certainly is getting very very exciting Tom thank you very much Kev will be back with you in just a moment's time Gillingham await in the EFL Trophy tomorrow evening at Fratton Park it's the second group stage fixture of Pompey's trophy campaign this season Andy Moon was speaking to head coach John Mussinio earlier today and as posted on social media Connor Ogilvy back and potentially ready for selection but will not be risked for the visit of the League 2 outfit to PO4 in the trophy tomorrow evening. Let's hear now more about the opponents with Kirsty Roxanne takes us on a trip with Gillingham. After a run of seven consecutive league games which saw the Blues collect six wins and one draw, it's time to shift our focus back to the EFL Trophy. Pompey Live this week's opposition. Portsmouth were victorious on penalties after a thrilling three-all draw with the Fulham under-21s in the side's first group stage back on August the 22nd. Match day number two awaits under the floodlit structure of Fratton Park and it's League Two outfit Gillingham who oppose Pompey. Manager. Former Bristol City and Carlisle United boss Keith Millen is currently the caretaker manager for the Kent-based side. The 57-year-old took charge of the Jills last Thursday, the 5th of October, following the shock dismissal of Neil Harris at Priestfield. Harris was dismissed from his role in charge after a run of three league games without a win, leaving Gillingham just outside the fourth division playoffs, however with 35 games still to play until the end of the season. Millen was initially brought in as head of academy coaching back in April, but is currently overseeing proceedings in the dugout until a successor for Harris can be found. One to watch. The Jills have former Pompey players Sean Williams and Ollie Hawkins within their ranks, but it's striker Macaulay Bond who we're advising you keep an eye on during this one. The 27-year-old Ipswich-born forward, who has a squad number 45, has two league goals to his name so far this season. Bon was recruited as a Gillingham player in August during a summer transfer window in which the club sought to bring in the whole host of new faces into Priestfield in a bid to return back to League One. Macaulay Bon has previously run out of the likes of Colchester United, Leighton Orient, Charlton Athletic and Queen's Park Rangers. Top scorer. 
With one Carabao Cup and two league goals to his name at this stage of the season, 29-year-old forward Ashley Nadison is currently Gillingham's leading goalscorer. The striker signed for the club for an undisclosed fee from League Two rivals Crawley Town and was handed the number 10 shirt upon arrival. Nadison has never hit double digits in terms of goals in all competitions in any one season during his seven and a half year playing career to date. During such time, he has represented Fleetwood Town, Carlisle United and the aforementioned Crawley. Current form. Following last week's second of Neil Harris, Gillingham returned to winning ways on Saturday with a 2-1 league victory at home to the MK Dons. They now occupy third position in League Two with 22 points from their opening 12 matches, behind leaders Notts County by just two points. In the opening EFL trophy fixture against Leighton Orient, who were reduced to nine men in the match at Priestfield back on September the 5th, Gillingham were victorious by two goals to one. As a result, they sit top of the group with three points on the board. The Blues are third after their draw with the Fulham under-21s, as well as the bonus point from the subsequent penalty shootout win. Who will come out on top with this one? Can John Massinho's side take a big step towards progression to the knockout stages? All of the admissible action on Pompey Live. Yeah, thank you, Kirsty. A closer look at Gillingham there. Tomorrow's opponents in the EFL Trophy. Kev Stokes, Tom Malley alongside us this evening. Kev, uh, quite simply, uh, an unwanted distraction or quite a welcome one this time? Oh, no. I think it's a welcome welcome. Anything under lights on a Tuesday night at Fratton Park. It's got to be great, isn't it? Me and my dad are going. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I hope they put a strong team out and uh, keep the... uh, keep the winning run going it's all you know it's all a Pompey team representing the club isn't it yep. so let's keep the the winning mentality going let's do it and Tom just just very quickly just speaking about the whether you go strong tomorrow night or not with the fact that there's no league game now until next Saturday when Carlisle United make the trip down to Fratton Park is this an opportunity in your opinion to to play a lot more of those first teamers than you would maybe regularly in an EFL trophy tie or is this a case in your opinion where John Massino needs to rest as many as possible I think it's both, yeah. Um, with no game for quite a while, no, there's no reason to to sort of drop them all, keep the momentum going, and get at least half of them still in there. But at the same time, give those on the outskirts of uh, the first team, uh, start at eleven, game time. You know, especially people like Yengi coming back from injury. So I think it will be a mixed bunch. I'm, I'm probably, you know, at least six of them maybe retained from from Saturday, and uh, a few more bought in. Mm. Certainly, nonetheless, as Kevin's alluded to there got to keep that winning momentum going whether it's in the league in the Carabao Cup the FA Cup or the EFL Trophy let's keep that winning feeling amongst the squad as well right score prediction time then Uh, we've got one coming in uh, on the uh, emails uh, where Paul is going for a 2-0 Pompey victory much like Saturday's win over Port Vale in the league at Fratton Park right score prediction time from my two guests start off with Kev Stokes very quickly please a 3-1 win 3-1 3-1 win, says Kev. Thank you very much, Kev. Tom Malley, your score prediction, please, sir. I'm going to go for a 2-0. Pompey. 2-0 Pompey, I'd hope so, I'd hope so. 3-1 says Kev, Tom is going for a 2-0 Pompey win. Let us know on social media, Pompey fans, we'll read them out before kick-off tomorrow. I'm going to go for a 3-0 Pompey win, and you can catch all of the unmissable action tomorrow evening from 7. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It wasn't a comeback win, but a win nonetheless for Portsmouth on Saturday. Bishop steps up and scores! Attention next turns to the Papa John's Trophy as the Blues welcome Gillingham to Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. 
That's right, Pompey Live returns tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. It is a 7.45 kickoff at Fratton Park, where the Blues welcome League 2 outfit Gillingham in the second group stage fixture of this season's Papa John's Trophy. Myself, Jake Smith, alongside Robbie James, your host, and over the white lines, Henry Deacon, will be bringing you all of the action pre-game, post-game, and at half-time as well. A big thank you to everybody who tuned in to tonight's show. Big cheers to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another campaign of the Football Hour here on Express FM. And the biggest thank you to my two guests for this evening's conversation. First and foremost, Kev Stokes for joining us over the phone lines tonight. Kev, thank you very much for calling in and we'll see you again in just over two hours' time when that 80s show returns. Yes, a pleasure, Jake. Yeah, thanks. Two hours of proper 80s music, 9 till 11. Lovely Don't stuff. I'm sure it will be. Thank you very much, Kev Stokes and Tom Malley as well. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight and we'll speak to you, I'm sure, very, very soon. Have a good week, mate. Pleasure as always, Jake. Great to be back on. Cheers. So as you've just heard there, that 80 show returning with Kev Stokes from 9 through until 11. Before that, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff and Aid right after the news at 7. And Josh Bowness returns with express hits from 11 through to the early hours of tomorrow morning. The Football Hour returns this Friday from 6 to preview. Well, nothing. There's no game this weekend, but we're going to talk nonetheless. Thank you very much for tuning in, Pompey fans. Have a great evening. Take care and good night.